0: This is Smarter Markets Presents. Join David Greeley as he connects with the leaders at the forefront of carbon and climate at AIDA's North America Climate Summit, an official accredited event of New York Climate Week 2023 and the UN General Assembly 2023. This episode is presented by Base Carbon, sensible carbon investing. For more information, visit basecarbon.com.
1: Hello, Max. Thank you for joining us here on Smarter Markets at AIDA's North America Climate Summit 2023. I was really looking forward to talking with you because your work is in the agricultural sector, which is very important, but one I don't often get to hear enough about. So I was hoping you could tell us a little bit more about your company and what you're doing in the carbon markets in agriculture. Sure,
2: sure. So Indigo's mission is to help farmers sustainably feed the planet so you know in simple terms we think of photosynthesis is our technology right it's a really good technology at pulling carbon out of the atmosphere so we have carbon capture and then soils are an excellent place to store the carbon right it's immediate scalable massive untapped resource for carbon storage in the soils so when we look at what are the opportunities for indigo to help farmers transition to more climate-friendly practices, how can we help finance that transition? We look to the carbon markets as an efficient way to get that finance to flow. And again, it's immediate. The markets are already there. There's good mature standards about how do you create carbon credits. We participated in developing uh, methodologies with a couple of different voluntary registries and have been able to scale it up into a massive project here in the U.S. We've got millions of acres uh, of farmland enrolled
1: and have been issuing
2: credits and paying the farmers.
1: Oh, that's great. And I wanted to get your take on, you know, this year been a lot of challenges in the carbon markets after a few years of very rapid growth. So on the compliance side, challenges around operationalizing the Article 6 markets and in the voluntary carbon markets, challenges around the growing pains, the Some of the media reports questioning reputation and quality in certain projects. How are you seeing that affecting the financing that you carry through to farmers? Is it are we seeing more redirection or more of a pullback? You know, overall I wouldn't say that we're seeing a pullback
2: at all in terms of the credits we're generating and also, you know, the On the non-crediting side, the supply chain reductions were generating massive demand. So we have no shortage of uh, corporate interest in, in financing these things. I think overall, I think it's a good thing, all the extra attention and activity in the market. I've been working in carbon markets since 2008 and seen a couple of different peaks and valleys. And overall, it's good. There's more activity. There's more credits being created. And I think that this focus on Quality, maybe we're going to clean house a little bit and make sure that the growth in the market happens in the right way and in the right places. So I think there's some unnecessary swirl that's unfortunate, some extra energy that has to be spent on education. But ultimately, I think it's going to be a positive outcome, you know, for the climate.
1: And I'm curious to get your perspective on some of the, for lack of a better word, cultural aspects, right? I think when we think of people who are farmers, different from people who work in corporations, how do you find farmers embracing or being skeptical about the use of this financing. Yeah, I think that's a really good question because the farming culture is very different
2: and it's different in different places as well at their core, they're business people. So it has to be good for their farm business. But we can't forget that the farm business is a, in most cases a family business. Even when we think about sort of industrial agriculture, mostly it's still family-owned farms and So there's an element of what's the cold economic facts of changing a certain practice or growing a different crop. And then there's the, what does my neighbor do? What does my mother think of this? How did my grandfather, you know, tend to this land? So we see healthy skepticism from farmers. Everybody's trying to sell them something, usually at inflated prices. And so they see the carbon markets as an opportunity, but one that they need to assess with their eyes open. So you know, one way that we've come at this is we've got our own board we call our Indigo Research Partners and a board of really smart farmers that are helping tell us the way you're doing the business is going to work this way or it's not going to work this way and really helping advise and make sure that we stay connected. And then the other component for us is making sure that the business is designed, that our incentives are aligned with theirs. They get paid on performance and we get paid on their performance and it's not just sort of a pay for practice or a pay for a product
1: right so Nelson, also as you said you know many farmers have deep family connections with the land a sense of stewardship over it beyond being a pure business does your approach to sequestering carbon does that help them farm in the way they want to farm Mm -hmm, Absolutely. There's two big ways that it really helps. One is as you build
2: soil health, as you reduce the disturbance on the soil, put more carbon in, you build more organic matter, the land becomes more resilient. So we're here to solve climate change. So we can mitigate climate change by storing carbon in the soil, but we can also adapt to it by making the farms more resilient. And the water holding capacity increases, so they're more resilient to floods, more resilient to droughts. and it also builds longevity in the system. So, we've talked to a lot of our farmers who are saying, "I'm, I'm doing this, you know, a little bit for me now to get the payment, but I'm also doing this for my grandchildren to make sure that, you know, this land isn't farmed to death by the time they take it over."
1: That's great. And I wanted to ask you, know, like, at these types of conferences, lots of conversations, you know, occur in the hallways and the side meetings. Curious if there are any conversations you've had over the past couple of days that have brought up ideas that you're like, oh, I, I want to take that idea away with me. Sure. I think we
2: had a really good panel yesterday afternoon. I was um, had the opportunity to moderate a forestry and agriculture panel and it was inspiring to hear you know, everything that's going on. We don't obviously deal in forestry much ourselves, but the types of local engagement That some of these groups are getting into was really inspiring for us. Like I said, our main project is here in the US, but we are a global company. We will be globalizing our carbon projects and really inspired by the way that they're able to engage with the communities and have them be a part of the project. And then some of the new technologies, uh, a lot of good conversations with folks. We have a separate science team doing R&D to figure out what's next, what other spectroscopy or remote sensing algorithms can we incorporate into the project to streamline it, increase the rigor and make validation easier while also bringing down the costs. So I love events like this
1: for those reasons. And one last question I've been asking everyone is we need to move forward. We need to move quickly. Is there something you see as kind of the the critical next step that we need to get right, whether it's a technology, a tool, better standards? Is there something you'd look to and say, you know, if we could get this done, that would make a big difference for me being able to scale what I'm doing for the climate.
2: Yeah, I think in the terms of standards, we see,
1: especially for agriculture,
2: unlocking scale is about aggregation of many farms, many fields together. Under single projects, you get statistical power when you grow these populations, and it makes it easier to incorporate tools like remote sensing in those kinds of ways. So, you know, in my Career, a lot of my time has been spent writing protocols and methodologies, and a lot of them are very narrow. And so, this is a shift towards uh, methodologies, protocols, standards that really embrace that scale and aggregation and rethink what are the requirements, how do we go about this, what does verification look like, is it still visiting every single site, or can we incorporate technology in ways to verify at scale without losing any of the rigor that's behind it. So, I think that's going to be really important. And then I think on the corporate side, you know, we've been tracking the greenhouse gas protocol, land sector and removal guidance. And I think we really need to make sure that ends up in a practical place so that corporations are really incentivized to make change
1: in their land use emissions and removals, because that'll also help drive the sector forward. Terrific. Thanks so much for making the time to sit down with us today, Max. Really enjoyed it. No problem. Thank you. It was fun.
0: This is Smarter Markets Presents. This episode is presented by Base Carbon, a financier of projects involved primarily in the global voluntary carbon markets. Base Carbon endeavors to be the preferred carbon project partner in providing capital and management resources to carbon removal and abatement projects globally and, where appropriate, will utilize technologies within the evolving environmental industries to enhance efficiencies, commercial credibility, and trading transparency. For more information, visit basecarbon.com. Base Carbon: Sensible Carbon Investing. This is Smarter Markets presents. For episode transcripts and additional episode information, including research, editorial and video content, please visit smartermarkets.media. Please help more people discover the podcast by leaving a review on Apple Podcast, Spotify, YouTube or your favorite podcast platform. Smarter Markets is presented for informational and entertainment purposes only. The information presented on Smarter Markets should not be construed as investment advice. Always consult a licensed investment professional before making investment decisions. The views and opinions expressed on Smarter Markets are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's hosts or producer. Smarter Markets, its hosts, guests, employees, and producer, ABEX Technologies, shall not be held liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based on informational viewpoints presented on Smarter Markets. Visit smartermarkets.media to learn more.